Hello, friends. John Eldridge here. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast in the week of May 18th, our fourth installment in the series on how to listen to someone's story, how to tell your own story. So good. I actually have been going back and listening to it myself and getting so much out of it. I hope you have too. Hey, I just wanted to send out a thank you to the generosity of all of our friends that have been helping us in this time. I think most of you know, but many people don't know because we don't talk about it very much. We are a crowdfunded ministry, and we are supported by the generosity of good hearts just like you. And we don't ask often, so most people don't hear us make funding appeals. That's just our style. But from time to time, we do want to say thank you and do let our needs be known. Now, I recognize this is a very difficult time for a lot of people. And close friends have lost work, lost companies, had to lay people off. So we get it. We understand. But if you're in a position in this time, if you're doing okay, and you would love to partner with us as we actually expand our reach and speak to more people around the world, we would love your help. We would love your partnership. You can make a contribution very simply online at ransomedheart.com. You can drop us a line, get on our website and find out how to do that. So thank you for remembering us in this hour. Thanks for your generosity. Oh my goodness, it means so much to us. And if you can help, we would love that. And I know you're praying for us, and that means even more. So, okay, here we go into part four. The novelist Virginia Woolf said, but to give you my life, I must tell you a story. It's true, to be known, to be known is to have someone know not all of your story, not exhaustively, but to to be known. People need to know you, they need to know your story. And what we'd like to do in this final episode is just help you prepare for that and just give some real practical counsel and uh, along with our winsome riffing that always takes place <laughs> in this. So one more time with Stacy Burton and Luke and Sam Eldridge, John Eldridge here. So guys, as we as we bring this in, I think the first thing I'd like to say, just by way of kind of concrete, helpful direction, is you don't have to tell it all. Mm. Um, you don't have enough time to tell it all. I don't. I don't care if you have four hours. <laughs> you just don't have enough time. So take off the pressure to get it all told. Instead, what you're looking for is a handful of snapshots. It's one page from a scrapbook that has the blue ribbon you won in third grade and the picture of your grandmother and the, you know. Mine was a participation, but it was still blue. <laughs> hey, <laughs> way to participate. Yeah. <laughs> Look at, and here Those you are today. Dang millennials. <laughs> Participating. Think of it like that. It's a page from a scrapbook. It's not the whole scrapbook. It's a page. And on that page are some significant symbols that really do paint a picture. And some of those will be moments, and some of those will be people. But take the pressure off. You don't have to get it all told. Mm. And consider what your expectations are in telling your story. 
what's your motive in wanting to be heard? I think that would help temper spilling it all out over four hours. Yeah. Oh, the, the amount of times I've seen folks who like, this is their first opportunity to yeah. tell their story to an intensive group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, get ready, get your swimsuits on because it's about <laughs> to get crazy in here. You're like, why am I in this Shamu splash zone with your life? Like, this does not feel good. Yeah, Because you're sitting with these people. And that's the point of this, to get to know each Mm. other and sit with them. And Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to say more. It's not your Mm -hmm. one and only chance. Yeah. The motive thing is good because, again, during one of our important breaks, our producer, Alan, bringing his wisdom to the table, (laughs) said, hey, when you're telling your story, don't try and impress the group, right? How are you going to do this? Like, what's your motive? Is it to make everyone love you? Is it to make sure you don't sound stupid? Probably not good motives. Mm -hmm. The best motive is always love. And in this case, it is the choice to be reasonably vulnerable, given the context, so that people might know you Mm -hmm. in the hopes that they will feel known too. Oh, it is is an invitation to set the poser aside for an hour. Yeah. And it he or she is going to try and creep back in because that's mm-hmm. the way we've learned to hide and the way we've learned that the world likes receiving us. But as I enter a story, I want to be paying particular attention to the agreements that are coming against me right away or against the person that I'm listening for because it's going to come and one's like, nobody really cares mm-hmm. or I'll never be fully known will be really poor agreements to make as you then try and step into a space where we're trying to know you or trying to care, they're going to come. And as much as we can be aware of them on our own side of things, just the one that comes for me is hide the places that feel too vulnerable. Like spread yourself out enough that to be truly known, I'd have to take you physically to Ute Valley Park and Butterfly Beach, the top of the Grand Teton, and uh, this particular noodle cart in South Korea. If you don't go all those four places with me, you will never know me. That's a fairly specific agreement, but like I feel it, and it feels like this defensive thing. So just to be aware of, as you're coming to this space, it's a rich potential environment, and therefore it's going to be highly contested. Okay, explain a little bit more. What do you guys get hit with agreement-wise? Let's unpack that a little bit more because that's pretty pretty significant. Oh my gosh, the first agreement I always get slammed with is your trauma is not enough to justify mm. your sin. Like Holy cow. Your, everyone else's story is so much more intense than yours mm-hmm. and therefore their horrible behaviors are more excusable and I have nothing to excuse mine. Your trauma is not enough to justify your sin. Mm -hmm. And so I want to like make my story sound worse or something, Mm -hmm. you know, that, and then there's a pressure to pose Mm -hmm. or justify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreement, Stace, what do you get hit with? Um, Immediately, I'm not worthy of this time of the attention. So I find myself really rushing through it. So you're like a 15-minute person instead of an hour person? Yeah, yeah. That's good advice. As you're preparing heads up to the enemy's hatred of you and what you're going to be feeling. But then again, that's also good data, folks. Mm -hmm. Grab it. 
grab it for the revelation that it is and go, whoa, I am totally getting smacked right now by shame or by diminishment or hiding. And then there you go. Now you know what the enemy uses against you on a regular basis. And I bring the work of my Lord Jesus Christ against this shame. I break agreements that I'm not worthy. I break agreements that this is stupid and dumb and I shouldn't even be telling my story. Like, go to war. The ground you win in doing that will be ground one Mm -hmm. in your life. Telling your story is so crucial to taking that ground. It's so true. Yeah. Since you talked about shame, John, I think that's a crucial piece after you share your story. I think that is a common place that people can go to because did I really just say that out loud and I'm being judged? You know, a whole array of things. So don't sit in that. Bring God, bring yourself under the cross of Christ immediately, immediately. Oh, gosh. As you are driving away, Jesus, you alone have the right to interpret this right now. I just pray that. Jesus, you alone have the right to interpret this, my life, my story, and how that went tonight. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I pray you tell me how I'm doing. Let him speak his love into it right away right away. You know, there were some parameters that we gave for the group leader in listening to stories, but they're worth repeating here. You you know, you want to remind the group of confidentiality and and that this is a safe environment, that that there is a time parameter to it. And it might be 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. I wouldn't go more than that. That's just hard for the listeners, frankly. 45 minutes, you can get a lot said. Hour, you can get a lot said. Leaving 30 minutes at least for some caring reaction or leaving an hour for ministry then. Mm-hmm. So just setting setting the context. So as you practice and prepare, you're telling yourself, I have an hour. So maybe, I think it was you, Luke, that was suggesting even dividing your life up. Right, because you don't want to get to the end of your hour and realize that you didn't get past fourth grade. And so the idea of... If it's 45 minutes, spend the first 15 on your childhood years. Spend the next 15 on adolescence and young adulthood. Spend your last 15 on adulthood and what's current. You know, it's not going to be perfect. And you might have less to say about one area of your life, which is something that you should investigate why that is. But it's going to be flexible. But be intentional about hitting everything and not spending too much time on one area. Mm. What else, gang? Setting is crucial. Like, you don't want to do this at a coffee shop necessarily. There's going to be a lot of distraction. Perhaps someone's living room, garage, kids are not running around, and no cell phones. Shut your cell phones off. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) Everybody puts their phone not on silent mode, Mm because you'll hear the vibrations, not on... Do not disturb, because that still allows communications from their favorites list. Everybody puts their phone on airplane mode. This mm-hmm. is going to be a holy experience. It's, it's so really thing. creating a mm-hmm. holy environment. So again, as we're, as we're bringing this in for the fourth episode landing, just very specific counsel, how to tell your story. In preparing, um, and we talked about hitting those different areas in your life, Try to name 10 significant events or moments or memories from your childhood, 10 from young adulthood, 10 from adulthood. Not saying that you're going to then share all of those, but to start to uncover 
significant memories. And then as you're doing this, those might cause a lot of reaction in you. You might not have specific memories about your childhood. That's something to investigate. Or maybe one particular memory is causing a lot of anger. Ask yourself why. Not saying that you then have to share this new breakthrough. Nope. But just to investigate in this opportunity as you're kind of laying out, okay, what are the high moments for my childhood? What are the low moments for my childhood? What are the high moments, young adulthood? What are the low moments? To try to hit those pinpoint and important parts of your story. I'm really glad that you said high points because it's back to Sam's thing also on dreams. I think when we think of telling our stories, we tend to think carnage, like where's the wounding? Where's the heartache? Where's the loss? And those things do shape us. There's no question. But to really know someone, you need to know that they had this wonderful friend all through grade school and their adventures together and that they had a horse, that they had a dog that they loved, that that they actually grew up in the country and they loved running barefoot through the fields. Like, Left joy. The beach because. Yeah. The joyful things, too. So I'm glad you said that, mm-hmm. Luke. It's, it's mm-hmm. not just, okay, I got to go back and find the wreckage. No. In order to know me, in order to know John, you need to know that I won best actor in my senior year in high school. And that was like the coveted mm. award yeah. in our drama department. And I, I was in a high school in Southern California because of Hollywood drama departments in Southern California high schools tend to be like super high grade and like really talented people. And so that was a that was a big moment for me. And so to know that I still have that trophy in my closet <laughs> at home. You know Pass it out of the closet, man. Yeah, I should have brought it in for the group sharing <laughs> thing. You should have. Yeah. I think it's so good because this process, even though you start out doing it for the group, is so much for yourself. Like it's gonna bring up so much. And as John said at the end of the last episode, like journal. Write it down and process it. Yeah, these all are, for me, threads leading to the moment of delivery, like the moment that you are sharing the story. Mm -hmm. And so I want those threads because you may not have words for why you are disappointed these days, but you're living with a lot of disappointment. Going back and naming some of those beloved things, beloved pets or spaces or high moments can actually shed a lot of light on now on why you feel disappointed on mm-hmm. the on the unmet expectations. And you're like, I've been really feeling disoriented. And it wasn't until I sat down and began to lay out these pieces. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're welcome. That'll be $200 for this do-it-yourself <laughs> counseling. Because yeah, right. it is like you, if you are willing yes. to give it the time, yes. God can That's do great. amazing work there. But as I'm telling my story, I do want to be bringing people up to speed on the Sam you meet now, the sum of all of these stories and all of these hopes, expectations, pains, high moments, like this is why I'm going to be making the facial expressions I'm going to be making in certain stories. This is what this means. This is why I'm exhausted these days because this past couple of years and the more recent we get, actually the more disproportionate our time can go. So it might be really hard to spend 15 minutes on childhood you could spend the entire hour on the last two years probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's tricky to try and navigate that well because you want to be seen for all that you are, but also your present moment in the last five years Mm -hmm. are going to carry a lot of weight Mm -hmm. and have that be okay. Mm -hmm. We do want to know 
how did that play out? How did your love of and how are you rock now? hounding go? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And? Right. And why is it that you're a substitute teacher instead of pursuing your private practice? Like, tell us yep. where you are. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. So, again, these are just very simple tips, but you'll find them super helpful. Write it down. So, you you know, you've done 10 you know, significant moments, high and low, from childhood, adolescence, adulthood. And then you've thought through, I want to share this and this and this and this. Can't get it all done. You don't need to get it all done. Write it down. Bring a note card with you. Mm-hmm. Bring a piece of paper. That's okay. You don't have to have yep. this all in your head. In fact, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it actually is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, an interesting technique actually did come from your all's training program. Sometimes in a small group setting, what you can do is simply tell one significant story yep. mm-hmm. and say, if you want to know me, you need to know this significant story. And that, there's a completely different way of going about your group. And it's the idea also of bringing in an object. Here's my trophy, best actor, senior year. But I need to tell you about my home in my senior year. I need to tell you about getting kicked out of school. I need to tell you about drug taking in my senior year. You need to know a lot about my senior year, but this one object will get us there. Mm-hmm. And I'm only going to tell you this one part of my life, but you're going to learn a ton about me. Yeah. So that is another way of going about this. Also, I want to add, don't have them bring it in for a landing. Don't have them put a bow on everything. You actually don't want people to do that. And so they come in, they tell a story, and they go, but Jesus has said it's all good, <laughs> and I'm his son, and I'm living there. And they say it like that. I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> you literally just close the door on us being able to, one, offer any interpretation, yeah, totally. but two, you've also just told us, I'm good, I'm fine, thank you very much. God and I have worked this out. Mm-hmm. All right, let me ask one more thing, which will probably end up being three more things, but <laughs> if you are mishandled— Mm-hmm. And it happens. And we're so sorry. All too often. But this is a broken world with messy people. And like you said, you're not sitting down with six therapists. You're sitting down in a small group. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're with four guys in a cabin. You're with four gals at a beach house. Some of them are your friends and some aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. It's okay. It's still good. But if you are mishandled, then what? Oh, man. Well, okay. The first thing is to say something, either in the moment or before your next gathering to talk with the leader. If you are the leader, go talk to somebody else other than someone in the group. And then as a group, have time to process that because there is a part of me that is actually not having a sympathetic reaction to your experience because there may have been an agreement in the way. You may have gone in with your arms crossed and going, I don't care what you have to say. And therefore, you were mishandled because you were destined to be mishandled because you set us up for failure. Yeah, my, my car wreck story of my right. small group. I did it. I, I'm not <laughs> the one at fault here as a member of your group. And I'm speaking out of some irritation here because this has happened to me where I sat there and tried to offer. And the person went in with, no one ever sees me and left with, I told you so. And you're like, okay, so what you need to do is have a conversation and get some other feedback. My story with the rat even, that's what we spent the whole next time talking about because this person doesn't say something like that without feeling really motivated to, and he had felt very tricked and manipulated. And so I actually had things to apologize for, though he participated in a terrible way in my story. It was like, okay, one of the things we have to do as a group, because you are committed to health and you can wrestle through hard things and longevity, you got to talk about it. 
You got to talk about it. Like you got to talk about. You got to talk about it. I'm and sorry. And so the good leader, you know, you've you've had the story time, forty five minutes to an hour. You've had the listening reaction, and maybe you've had some ministry time, and, and maybe it was absolutely beautiful. Still, before everybody leaves, the good leader looks to the person who just shared and says, "And how are you now? Mm-hmm. How are you leaving this mm-hmm. time?" So that there can be a little bit of input then, and then if the group needs to circle back around and say, guys, I feel totally missed, but I'm not ready to go there tonight, and we'll pick it up next time, something like that. Mm -hmm. But if you are missed, the prayer that I find myself praying so often, Jesus, catch my heart. As you're driving away, as you're walking home, Jesus, catch my heart. Catch my heart. And then begin to name how you feel mishandled. Name it to God. Name it to yourself. Name it to the, the city streets as you're, as you're walking along. Name it and go, that was really hostile. Or they didn't even ask me after I shared that my mom had killed herself. They never even asked me about that. Jeez. Like, go ahead and name it. Like, vent. Like, mm-hmm. And Jesus, catch my heart. Mm-hmm. And his interpretation there will be crucial. Just from experience, it's actually rarely about what your story was, but rather it triggered a place in them. But yeah, watching their expressions, if they have nothing to say to you, I mean, it could very well be just a pause of, wow, I can't believe that that is your story. They might might be heartbroken. They might be Mm -hmm. heartbroken and speechless. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just... Asking God for interpretation, being careful of your interpretation. Mm. Make sure he comes into that. Yeah, it's a environment rich for accusation yeah. and new agreements to come in mm. or old ones to be mm-hmm. really solidified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The amount of these groups I've walked away from and just gone, like this just big, uh, probably all of them, to be yeah. quite honest. No, I really enjoy <laughs> yeah. them. Like, it's okay if it's a, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Even a shout, a scream, go bang on a pillow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interpretation. What do you do if you're mishandled? How do we help there? I think, too, in that prayer of Jesus, catch my heart, it's also, as Stacy was saying, Jesus, interpret that to me. How did that go? I think it's so helpful just to even hear, it went great. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't yep. mess up. Yep. You know, and this is such a simple way of like, how did that go for you, Jesus? Yeah has been so helpful for me in really every human interaction yeah. that I have. Now, let me, in closing, let me share something fascinating that I learned last year on a road trip with Jesus. So I was really fried, and I need to get away, and he took me on this road trip through Wyoming and Montana for a week, and he would bring up memories in my story, and he would say, now, I want you to go there and open the door from the inside. Because I realized what I was asking Jesus to do was to heal my story why I stayed far away from it. I want to stay three blocks down and ask him to go in and do the hostage negotiations without me. (laughs) But Revelation 3, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says, we open the door and we open it from the inside. So I go into the emotion. Jesus, meet me here. I go into the memory, go, man, that just sucked tonight. That sucked. I'm so angry. Jesus, in this place, I open the door for you to come. Or you were wrecked. 
telling your story and you didn't realize how incredibly sad it is, Jesus, I invite you into this right now while I'm in it, while I'm feeling it. I go back to seventh grade. I go back to that moment and I invite you in. It's a simple truth, but the door opens from the inside, friends. And so wonderfully redemptive things can happen quite outside the group. It might happen in the preparation, as Luke said. It might happen afterwards, as Stacy said, but it can happen in this. And then, as we were saying last time when we closed, you don't have to be in a group to get all the good out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can think about your story, process your story. I actually hope it's something that you do on a regular basis as things present themselves. You do see that object or that photo that triggers something. Go there. Go in the moment. Go live. Go with Jesus. Whoa, Jesus. That move that our family made from the city, oh my gosh, I invite you into that. Meet me there. Bring the healing work there. And I believe that he is triggering it for a reason. Mm. Like he wants that relationship with you. He wants that walk with you. Exactly. He's bringing all this up for Mm -hmm. a reason, for wholeheartedness. And if you are in a small group of any kind, if you are going to form a small group of any kind, now you have this, friends. Have everybody in that group listen to the four episodes because then you'll just be in such better position to have it go well and to love one another more effectively. We hope this has been super helpful. Thanks for listening in. It was a four-part series that we're landing today with Luke Eldridge, Stacy Burton, Sam Eldridge, and John. And I think this is going to end up becoming a classic in our archives. I'm Alan Arnold. And before we wrap up this week's podcast, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a special offer. Morgan Snyder's book, Becoming a King, releases May 26th. But for everyone who pre-orders the book between now and then, you'll receive exclusive bonus content. And you'll get it immediately. The first is an audio conversation with four wives whose husbands have consented to the path and process of becoming a king over the past decade. You'll hear firsthand from them about the transformation that their husbands have experienced by being on this journey. You'll also receive the first three sessions of the Becoming a King video series and the corresponding first three chapters of the Becoming a King study guide. You can find out more at becomingaking.com. We'll see you back next week on the Ransom Tart Podcast.